welcome to Recovery Internet Radio, broadcast direct from Straight Up Studios. I'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Rose Painting and Drywall, decorating Chicagoland since 1969. Contact Tom for a quote at area code 815-735-4654. Now, without further ado, our host, Rick Atwater. Thanks, Chris. Um, welcome to everybody tonight. Hi, everybody. And uh, to our studio audience and musicians, sometimes multiple, sometimes single. Um, tonight, our, our uh, tag is A Rocky Road for Relapse to Recovery, and our guest is Tammy. And our musical guest tonight is Mike P., who's here about, what would you say, about half the time? Yeah. Yeah, let's say every other, give or take. Uh, so thanks for coming tonight. Um, thanks for joining us tonight, this Sunday night, where we are every Sunday night at 8 o'clock. Um, every and also single, every single one, every yeah. single one, except when we pre-record. <laughs> um, and thanks to our engineer slash sidekick slash part-time producer, hey, Chris Atwater. I prefer big-time producer, but big-time producer. It's all right. And uh, the uh, the uh, band, the person that gives us our intro music, Brendan O, who's his music. Mm-hmm. Also, want to say a couple of quick things about. Um, I want to just. Thank everybody who's listening. And you know, we we went. We're almost at eleven thousand listens, and which amazes me um, that that there's that many people out there listening. But it's just really thrilling to me that that uh, you all are out there listening. So, but being that it's an internet radio show, we don't know where. We have no idea where you're listening from. Um, you could be anywhere. You could be listening via podcast. You could be on your uh, on your on your phone. You could be on your PC. Uh, you could be in Alaska, <laughs> Manhattan. We I know we have listeners in Manhattan. We have uh, I know we have listeners in Missouri. So I'd like to hear from you. So uh, you can contact us uh, via our website, um, which is recoveryinternetradio.com. Uh, so. So let us know where you're from, and also by going to the website, you can you can uh, give us your you can put your your uh, email address there so that you'll get a reminder for the show, and you'll know what the upcoming shows are before we run them. And you can also go to the website to listen to any of our archived shows. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And what's the deal on podcast? How does how does somebody find us if they want to listen to us via podcast? There's a link to the uh, iTunes Store on the website. Okay. Or if you're just feeling frisky and want to go to iTunes, um, just search for Recovery Internet Radio and voila, you can uh, subscribe and then each week it will uh, automatically update your your fancy new iPhone 5 or whatever you might have and uh, bada bang, you can listen to the show anywhere you go. Okay. That's good. Uh, you can, um, we have a call-in number and um, if you have any questions or comments or opinions, God forbid, um, you can call us at 323-792-2977, or you can tweet us, and we can get that live and respond to you, and you can tweet us at Rick Atwater. Um, we actually have someone on the line right now, but they're pretty early, so if you're if you're on hold, just stay on hold for a little bit, and let's get the show started, and I'll, I'll check you out. Yeah, hang on. Because I forgot to tell you. Oh yeah, we got a live. We got. Uh, you might get a live question. It's probably a fan. Yeah, probably yeah. a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. We haven't even started it's the show yet, no. so they don't really see the wave. But that's okay. Oh well, I'm waving. Uh, okay. So, uh, also a couple of quick things. 
Uh, keep up with one of our favorite bands, Double Take. I always like to give them a plug because um, they're friends of ours. And uh, you can find out about Double Take or their upcoming gigs by going to doubletakechicago.com. That's doubletakechicago.com. Chicago. Chicago. Yep. Pronounced with a Chicago accent. Chicago. Uh, and also, um, I want to mention uh, some friends uh, that do uh, cards for recovery events, and their business is Dirty Laundry Designs, hmm. fresh cards for addiction and recovery, and you can get to them by uh, via email by going to Colleen at DirtyLaundryDesigns.com or calling 815-245-1200. And Colleen sent us a nice card. I want to just let her know that we got it, um, thanking us for the time that we had her on the show to explain her business. Well, that was very nice. I thought it was very nice. It was the first card we ever got for, for uh, you know, Recovery Internet Radio. So, I mean, it was I was thrilled. So I had to mention that. A couple other quick things. National Medication Kickback Initiative. Saturday, September 28th. That's this coming Saturday. And what that means is if you have, um, what is it? It's it's basically pills. Prescription medication. Prescription medication. Whatever, yeah. Not liquids, not injectables, not needles, anything like that. They'll actually take anything. Well, they said they wouldn't, but uh-huh. they will. They do. Okay. Well, that's good. All, All right. Better. We have information from the studio audience that they'll take anything. Um, and uh, basically, it's almost all of the police departments in, in McHenry County, Illinois, but I'm sure in your area it would be at the police department or someplace. But you can check the National Take Back Initiative. Um, check that online and see where they're taking the stuff. It's a, it's a good idea because you don't want that stuff laying around. You don't want to pollute the water supply, number one, uh, and you don't want to leave it where your kids <clears throat> can get it, number two. So, uh, and this, one last thing, this is National Recovery Month. There's lots of things going on in regards to recovery and recognizing recovering people. So we hope that you think about that and, uh, I don't know, hug a recovering person this month. (laughs) (laughs) If you know one. They're out there. They're everywhere. Just hug them. Yeah. Maybe maybe they'll know. Maybe they won't. Yeah. Just give somebody a hug. It's probably a recovering person. (laughs) Okay. Um, So... Tonight's guest is Tammy C., and I've known Tammy for a while. Yes. How long have I known you? I bet you I've known you. About 15 years. 15 years. <laughs> About. About there. And um, so we were going we were gonna make an attempt to do this a little bit differently tonight, and rather than just start at the beginning, we were gonna kind of start like where you are now, and then and then then maybe jump back to the beginning and and uh, see how things went, but just. Can you tell us a little bit? Well, how long have you been sober? Nine years and three months. But June 12, 2003. I don't know how many hours, but... Like, who's counting, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Nine years mm-hmm. and three months. Yeah, who would have thought, huh? Who would have thought? Which is exactly why I wanted you here. Because yes. that, that's, that's a story that needs to be told. What's your How are things for you now? They're good. Um, I'm very grateful today. Um have a couple jobs and I have a roof over my head and I have a car that works and family that loves me and a lot of friends in AA. So things are good. They weren't always that way. No, not at all. <laughs> I didn't know nine years. I, 
that's I, I was thinking maybe yeah. six or seven. Two thousand three. Yeah. June. Okay. That's it's hard to believe. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Did you ever think that? Um, did you ever think that you would be living like this? No. You, no. Not at all. I never thought I would get it. Mm-mm. Were Were there others that that thought you that you'd never? Everybody. Get it? <laughs> Everybody, uh, my family and um, the rehabs and the uh, several visits to detox. You know, all they're all were like, you again, you know, we should lock you up in a closet, not let you out. I thought that was pretty rude, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, maybe yeah. it would have worked then. But, but I never thought, I really never thought I would ever get it. It was a hopeless feeling because then I would go back out. Yeah. I would think I'm never going to get it. Do you remember, do you remember um, the last that you had a drink? I do. I was uh, three months sober at a halfway house. <clears throat> you can say which, you can say which one were. Yeah. If I remember. Yeah. There were so many. Um, <laughs> Women's residence. It maybe? was in Lyle. Oh, it was Lyle. So. And I had gone to Keys to Recovery for a 28-day program first. Finally took a suggestion and went to a halfway house after that. I can't think of the name of it. But anyway, it was in Lyle. It was a beautiful, nice apartment complex. And because um, I had three months sobriety, I was uh, able to get a weekend pass. Mm. So a woman that I met there, uh, her and I went to some property that I had. And I don't know if it was even 30 minutes in the car. And all of a sudden, my mind just said, let's go get a bottle. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me. and She said, we can't. You know, we're in rehab. You know, we're in a halfway house. I said, well, nobody's going to know. Hmm. But I held that in for a while before I said it to her because I knew it was wrong. Sure. And I was thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't say it. Then, you know, I yeah. had to. Yeah. See if he was in or not. So, <laughs> so went to liquor store, and I want to say it was a couple days that we just drank and didn't stop when we were down at the property, and we called the halfway house that we were at. We told them what happened, and they said, well, if you stop drinking now and you come back, we'll let you in. We are too drunk to drive. Yeah. So we couldn't go back. So we kept drinking. Mm. And then we actually called um, a hospital in Mendota. And she, um, we detoxed. She detoxed twice. I, I don't really even remember how long we were there. I want to say maybe two weeks. Mm. Maybe not not even two weeks. Mm. And she went twice to detox and I went once. And then what where would you go after detox? Well, then I called the husband I was married to at the time. Yeah. And he was detoxed down there, and I said, I can't stop drinking again. Can you come and pick me up? Frustrated. Mm-hmm. Came down and picked me up. You you were frustrated, or he was frustrated? He was very both? frustrated. Yeah. I just couldn't stop. I mean, once we had started for those days, you know, even detoxing down in Mendota, they don't even have good stuff to detox off of, so don't even try it there. But um, the it was, yeah, it was awful. Yeah. We had to yeah. rough that one out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, um, so I had called him and I said, my friend is still down there and I just can't stop. So can you come pick me up? Why? 
but even though he had it with you, more or less, he, he, was, he, he would still come and pick you up. Was the thought that you you couldn't stop? I was so but, scared calling it. Yeah. Because I knew he would be mad, and I thought yeah. this is it. Well, why didn't he just say no? I'm not going to come pick you up. I guess he loved me. <laughs> <laughs> Enabler, you okay. know. That is the word I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. It was well, I didn't want to put a label on him. And, yeah. and you know, we, well, we don't know who he is. He is anonymous. Right. So. Well, he's probably listening. Hi. Hi. Um, hey. Yeah. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and and then it was like, that's it. This is it now. No more. Because, you know, he had said before that that would be it. I'm going to kick you out if you drink again. You know, that's it. I'm not going to take this anymore. We're done. You have to leave if I see you drink again, blah, blah, blah. Can I ask you how many times he had said that? I'm not, I'm not I don't remember. Talk, yeah, there were so many. No, him, I know. I know. A saying, lot. Just for people's information, that's... Probably 10. Yeah. And, and we and were married every, eight years. Yeah. And every time you probably met it. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, me in the mode of addiction, you know, in my addiction, I thought, Okay, and then a little part of me said he's not going to kick me out. So that why did you think that? Because he didn't before. Yeah, right. And if I if I you know I'm sorry and I'm really sorry about it, he'll take me back. Right. And you were really sorry. About and that. I was. Yeah. Until next time. Right. And then I don't think about I didn't think about that when I wanted to drink again. Right. And I would think just a little bit, and he'll never know. Yeah, because that's what you, that's what you said when you guys went and got that bottle after the after the the, uh, the half. Yeah, we were going to save they it for a weekend. They wouldn't know, right? We would get drunk you for a, a couple of days, yeah. right? And yeah, we'd yeah. be fine by Sunday, and sure. and we go back, and nobody would know. Nobody would know. Yeah, but you can't stop. Right. I, we couldn't stop. Right. And do you really think now, looking back on it, do you really think that no one would know, even if you did stop? Yes. You think they wouldn't? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. If I didn't tell, or I didn't have that guilty look on my face, <laughs> which is really yeah. hard to hide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a lousy liar. Yeah, I, 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 I don't lie very good. Right, yeah, right. They would know. I can't. Yeah. I'd probably give myself up anyway. You would have you outed yourself. <laughs> sure, sure. But that was your brain, so your brain told you that they didn't know. That's all it did. And we really wanted to do a job for like two days. Sure. And that's the, that my mindset every time I relapsed. I'm just going to have just a little, just or a I'm little. just going to do it tonight. I'm going to get home before my husband comes home. I'll be sober. Never, ever. Was it, so, did it go as planned? That's the, that's the thing that, that the idea that, that, that notion that's, that you can control it, mm-hmm. even after all of this, and we'll, we'll work our way back because sure. we don't know, the, our audience doesn't know what all of this is sure. yet. Sure, sure. But after all of this, sure. your brain is still telling you. Even after three months. And I had a straight three-month sobriety. I mean, right. I was locked up for 28 days. Then we were a little free. Then we got to live in an apartment, got to go to work. And the staff was talking to you every day. Yes, and, and we uh, had the meetings. Yeah, and meetings we went to work, and I stayed they sober. Thought, they thought in you were the doing minute, well. Yeah. Yeah, that's the mind. What would you, yeah, well, what, what do you call, I mean, how do you, how do you explain that? Or can you? I don't know if I can. It was I. I just recall thinking maybe freedom. Hmm. That's what your brain told you. That maybe yeah. 
freedom. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not around. But I full well plan to stay sober. Yeah. Up until that that moment right. when that thought comes in. And I've heard the phrase, the insanity of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. The insanity of it. So it does, I guess really looking for an explanation is kind of lame because there probably isn't really a good explanation. Right. It doesn't because it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't. Yeah. So let's let's work our let's work our way back then. Maybe can you talk about like what it was like? Were you ever a normal drinker? Yes. In high school. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Do you remember what I was, that was actually like? a normal drinker until I was thirty. Okay. I just drank like everybody else. I drank at parties. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And we could also hear what you just whispered. Oh. <laughs> so we are going to talk drugs. Too. Yeah, we can All talk right. drugs. Yeah, we are going to talk about drugs. Yes, we can talk about All drugs. All right. So, well, that's part of it. It's part of um, it. Absolutely. It, it uh, addiction is addiction for me. I'm addicted yeah. to eating and it makes me feel good. Sure. So, um, would you like some potato chips? <laughs> not food. Oh. oh. <laughs> that we can do? Okay. Um, so, what was the question? Well, okay, so were you a normal drinker? And then and then we're going forward. Yeah, I did, like, like in high 30. school, yeah. you know, I, I smoked pot. I thought like everybody else um, got high before school started and then after school. And I grew up where we had a bar in the basement. My family, my parents liked to entertain. We had a lot of entertainment and parties and stuff like that. And we would, I would ditch school. And we would all hang out at my house because we had a lot of food in the fridge, pies and things that all teenagers like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, and we had a bar. So I just started playing around with sweet drinks and, and making up some foo-foo stuff and drank normal. Mm-hmm. You know, had a couple drinks, smoked a little pot, and I was fine for the rest of the night. I didn't have any more. I didn't need any more. I didn't want any more. Mm-hmm. I did that for... Oh, long time. And then were were other people around you, go you know, not drinking normally, or like friends of you? Did you notice what, you know what not normal would look like, or didn't it even occur to you? I didn't notice. Wasn't on the radar. No. Yeah. It's Alcoholism. not like nobody that I I drank with really got really drunk and threw up. Well, I threw up a lot, but. Um, <laughs> I didn't notice anything different than anybody else that I was doing. Yeah. Okay. So everybody was basically doing the same thing. Right. Nobody was like... We all just partied at my house. Right. And... um, Were you you a good kid? I was good. I was just a rebel. Um, As far as... Well, I grew up very strict Mm -hmm. in a very strict family. Mm -hmm. My father was in the service. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to go against that. So pretty much if he told me what to do, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, I was grounded a lot. I want to I want to just make a you were you were talking about you I'm going to jump all the way back to where you were in treatment near the end there at at Keys to Recovery and then you said you said and somebody made a suggestion, and I took it. And when you said that, it was as if 
Like that was the first one you ever took? Or? Yeah. <laughs> because every, okay. So that makes okay, here sense we go. now. Okay, I get that. So suggestion, tell, somebody telling you what to do is not going to be like. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So there you go. take a suggestion. Sure. Like that you a, know better. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. I know better. You know better. Right. And yeah. I proved that. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. Okay, so but strict strict upbringing. Right. So anything bad I could do, and yeah. it wasn't bad. I mean, I I really I was not a a, a bad kid. Yeah. Um, I did go to school to socialize. I really didn't want to learn. Mm. I wanted to just have fun, and part of that was smoking pot and drinking, and because we want you to get good grades, we want you to get married, find a nice man, have a family. Well, I'm not going to do that then. If you tell me that's what you want, that's my personality. Getting a little better about that. A little. <laughs> a little Why less, am I talking to the mic? A little know. less defiant. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Yeah. So, just defiant. Yeah, but not not a bad kid. No. Not a not an A student, but not a not a you know, right graduated not a high great school scholar, but did right. your thing and got right. out of uh, high school. Right. So and then. And then you drank. You, so you said you didn't go over the over the ledge until you were thirty. So that's when I. That's when you knew it. That's when I crossed that line. That's when you crossed the line. How did How did you know you crossed the line? Because I was living in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, husband number two, and I had little babies, and I was not happy. Yeah. Uh, I was lonely. Uh, my husband worked all the time. I w- did not want to be a housewife. That's what he wanted me to be. He didn't want me to work. He didn't want me to go outside, you know, t- to uh, work, just stay home, take care of the kids. We had money and everything, and most people would really think that would be great. Mm-hmm. Of course, I did. And I wasn't happy at all. I was just miserable. I was lonely. I had nobody. We had no friends. My family wasn't there when my kids were born. They were both born in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I started drinking, um, and I would go to the liquor store it, after he went to, f- to work at like 9 in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, and I started just buying a bottle of gin, not even mixing it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So at that point, I just started drinking every morning. I was so lonely and sad and hated my life, and that's when I believe I crossed the line because I went to the liquor store every morning, sat my son in a high chair, and I just drank all day long. Mm-hmm. And he would come home and he'd say, you drinking again? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he sense. knew. Yeah. He, he could smell it. Yeah. And yeah. then he'd be yeah. like, why are you doing it? And I'd be like, you know, I don't know. Or, you know, I hate my life. I'm sad. I'm depressed. Well, you know, you have everything. We have money. You have not enough for me. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't what I... And I, I, you know, I mean, I wonder whether, you know, that was the, obviously that was the trigger event. That's what, that's what lit it up for you. Mm-hmm. But it could have been, you know. Well, I think way back then, even as a child, I, I kind of always wanted to numb feelings. Okay. I didn't think it was right to be sad. I didn't think it was right to hate people. I didn't think it was right to feel this way and that way. <clears throat> Excuse me. My fantasy is you should just be all happy and the way it should be for some reason that was always in my mind that yeah. that's how people should be. You think that's common with alcoholics in general? That they that that numb feeling? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it seems to be. Yes. That would we be, don't want to feel. 
Yeah. We have hurt and pain and we have resentment, which you don't know about until you get into the program and you work through the steps. Yeah. But it, back then, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't know anything about resentments and, yeah, so. and things like that. So I just didn't like the way it made me feel. Yeah. So when I was just drunk or on drugs, just off and bored and, I was okay. Yeah, so we'll make that go away. <clears throat> Bye-bye. Right. Buy a bottle of gin. Couple yeah. of husbands, you know. Couple of husbands. That didn't work either. <laughs> Got to try it all, you know. Yeah. Husband, gin, little pot. Anything else to throw in the mixer? Kids. Kids. Try that. Still not enough. Yeah. Hey, while we're uh, while we're here, we got a we got a couple of uh, we got a couple. Somebody's been on the line since the beginning of the show. Oh, okay. uh, one wanna, of my fans. Can we take a call? Sure, go ahead. Right? There's okay. actually let's see, we've got I think we've got three now. So okay, so we better we, take. Well, let's, you know, let's see what happens. Okay, you try the first one. Let's try the, the first long one. timer. If they're if they're yeah, let's try that. <laughs> and then if, if then we'll move on to the next. Yeah, yeah let's do, let's know. do that. Good timing. All right, caller, okay. caller, prepare yourself. Okay, Jan. Hello. Caller, are you there? You got a question? They got bored, hung up. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Next caller. Next caller, are you there? In the 847 here. Are you there? Anybody there? Over. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. 10 4. All right. Well, okay. All right. So you give up. See? Is that right. what it's like? Right. We, got, we got one more. You want to we go got one more? Sure, let's go one more. All right, one more. Try it again. All right. All right, caller. We got a caller on the line. Hey, this is Greg from Nashville. How you guys doing? Oh, great. Good to hear from you, Greg. What do you got for us? Uh, first of all, I'd like to say thank you to Tammy for sharing her story. Hi. Uh, very important. Um, it's funny. I bumped into you guys. Um, I just posted on my little Facebook timeline of, you know, historic events in life and Realized that I didn't put my sobriety date in there, so June of 95, I typed it in and started getting a bunch of responses from old high school friends and stuff. It was kind of cool. But um, I like what you said when you talked about um, not wanting to feel anything because, you know, that's what we do. We bury. You know, we don't want to feel, so we bury. And then it put me in the mindset of there's a word, a medical term called anhedonia, which means the inability to feel anything. So... It's this crazy thing, and you, you know, you've been there, so you know what I'm talking about. In the beginning, when we drink, we don't want to feel what we're feeling. And right. if we drink long enough, we eventually couldn't feel something even if we wanted to feel it. Right. So it's like it's this vicious treadmill. But um, So you kind of you kind of uh, get what you thought you wanted, and then you find out you didn't want it. Yeah, and you know, the most ironic thing that God's revealed to me in my 43 short years on this planet is everything that you thought, Greg, is the total opposite. You know, so, you know, we think it's one thing and it's always, it's never far removed from what it is that we think it is. It's just simply the opposite of what we thought it was. And I think that's yep. the two, I think that's the two-sided coin, the metaphor that God built into everything. So we don't, well, I shouldn't say so we don't chase the answers because we do. But once we finally get enough sense about us, we realize it's it's just on the other side of this thing. All I have to do is take the time to walk around and Not look at it from away. the opposite. Hey, let me ask you one one quick. Did you get to us again? Say again. How did you get to us? Uh, I found you on Blog Talk Radio. That's where I'm at. Oh, good. Okay, great. Well, I'm glad to I'm glad to hear from you, and I'm glad yeah. to know that people in Nashville are <laughs> listening to Recovery Internet Radio. That was exactly Absolutely. what I wanted to find out tonight. Thank you for your uh, thank you for your comments. We appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Well, so that, that was-
That's good. Nashville. Nashville. Hey. Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, so um, and and what I you know like what you were saying was about you know not not wanting to feel. So back to your back to you know your daily gin and and the kid in the high chair and the unhappiness and so where, where did that go from there? Just move us ahead a little bit and how long did you stay? How how long did you stay in that situation? Um, about another two years. <clears throat> Then uh, we moved to back home to uh, Crystal Lake, Chicago area. Yeah. And full well knowing I was going to have another divorce Mm. because I wasn't happy. Mm. Um, Out of that relationship. So move me back home. That will make me happy. Mm -hmm. Um, After I moved back home, I was divorced. And then... I met you somewhere after that. Somewhere in that time frame. Yeah. yeah. And that was, that would have been uh, 15 years ago, give or take. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good stretch. Yeah, that's a good stretch. All right. Well, maybe that's a good place for us to to stop and um, take a little musical, a little musical break. Are you ready to, are you ready to rock and roll, Mike? Or, or are you ready to jazz? Or what are, what are you going to do? What is it? What do you call it? <laughs> Jazz. Yeah, and what do you what do you go to play? Roll? Um, there's this arrangement of summertime by a guitarist Emily Rem Remler. Okay, cool. All right. She died of a heroin overdose. Oh. So it's sort of a memorial to her. Sure. Okay. I like it. All right. Do we have another caller on the line? We've, we've got we've got the two from before. We're gonna to, to try again. Yeah, let's give it another try here before we get get rolling. Sure. All right, we'll give give him a second. And uh, there you go. A caller? Do we have a caller? We got anybody on? From the eight four seven. Hello. 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 Hi. Don't be shy. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's all right. We'll, we'll we'll try again in a little while if we got time. Okay. You got another one? Yep. Hello? Anybody there? Hi. You got a question? 
Open line. You got a question or a comment? No. Can't hear you. Okay. That's all right. Okay. Enjoy Thank the you. show. Thank you for trying. All right. So when's the first time that you tried to get sober? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! Uh, <laughs> Are we jumping ahead too far from from that point? No, because if you if you if you and I were talking 15 years right, ago, right? No, no. Let me let me. Yeah. Give me a second here. Okay. Uh, when I moved back to Crystal Lake, I was divorced, and I had my kids. My mother yeah. introduced me to you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, so I want to say, well, my son was three and my daughter was one, and he's 20. All right. So, All right. Um, so at about that time... and, and About that time... The reason, and the reason she introduced us... Oh, what's that? Was big cocaine. Okay. That's where that... That's where the... The cocaine overtook me along with the alcohol, yeah. but I, but it was more drugs than alcohol at that time because then that's all I needed. Right, and your so I guess your family then knew knew about it obviously since. Right, I was talking to my mom. You're talking to your mom. Right. Did she? Did she, did you think you had a problem at that time? Yes, and that's when I called. I didn't call. I mean, I didn't tell my mom about it until it got to the point where I I couldn't stop using it. Okay. Yeah, you know, the drinking was always there. Right. But it, I don't remember. I don't think it was a daily thing. Mm-hmm. Because then I found drugs. Yeah. And <clears throat> that became a morning and night. You know, I uh, and then at that point. You know, I was using cocaine to stay up with my babies. My kids were babies. Yeah. And um, then I was working as, as a hostess at a restaurant. And I had to stay up for my work. So then I would buy more to get through the night. Then I would go out after work and buy more. It was just a vicious cycle. So you could stay away from the babies. And then I couldn't stop using it. And then I called my mom. Okay. And yeah. I... We were in contact. And what? And then, did you go into treatment, or what? What happened after that? Did you? Um, I had an intervention with uh, husband number two, and my mother, and my father, and my brother, and husband number three to be showed up at my apartment, and I went to my first intervention. Hmm. I was first had my intervention, and right. I went to... Do you remember what you thought about that? I thought I didn't need it. They all showed up at my door, and I got really scared. And I thought, right. I don't need this. I don't need to go away. Right. And I remember my dad. I don't know. Um, I went in to use the bathroom before we left, and I wanted to do some more. Yeah. And he actually came in the bathroom. And I'm like, Dad, I'm going to the bathroom. No, get out. No, and left. And I. Um, Do you think he knew that you were going to? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it took a lot for him to even be involved in that kind of thing. Oh gosh, yeah. So. Um, so isn't it interesting that you thought that you didn't need treatment, but 
you were gonna you were in the bathroom do, doing blow before you. Yeah, and the whole family there. Yeah. You know, it was bad to tell my mom that I was bad to be introduced to someone, you know, yeah. someone like yourself. And then they showed up, and I was like so scared. Yeah. You know, I don't need this. Right. I don't need everybody here. What are you doing? So then, did you go to treatment? I went to treatment. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, it was probably only a week or so. Yeah. And I was out. Yeah. A couple of days later, back doing the same thing. Right. And then I went again. Then you went again. My mom and my brother. Yeah. And that just started all my treatment. <clears throat> I've been to a lot. Do you know how many? I know you're going to ask me that. I was going to actually look that up someday with looking at all the times and right. the dates and my periods in between and yeah. and all that. Um, we're going to go with four, approximately four 20-day programs inpatient, two to three halfway houses, uh, detox. I uh, was like 15 times in one month. Couple suicide attempts up at the psych ward. Outpatient? Did I mention outpatient? <laughs> outpatient uh, three times. Yeah. And still didn't stay sober. Yeah. And that's over a period of. Like ten. Ten years. Fifteen. Okay, 15 from years. the first. Yeah. yeah. Fifteen years. That's a lot. And you, I, I, I felt safe. Most of those places, I went, I just decided I'm going to call these places and go away because I felt safe. I did not feel safe on the street because I knew if I wasn't locked up, I would use and I would drink or I would use drugs. Mm -hmm. And that's insanity right there. Yeah. Knowing I can't, can't, you know, stay in my house or, or go to work. I have to be locked up somewhere. Like you couldn't, you couldn't trust yourself. No, not at all. Yeah. I was afraid of myself. What a horrible feeling. What's happened to the the families and the, the family and the kids and all that stuff in that time period? Well, at the intervention when the family and my children's dad showed up, um, he had brought a piece of paper uh, from a lawyer, and he was awarded residential custody at that time. Yeah, so they stay with him. So it's 50-50, but they reside with him, get him out of my house, and everything would be okay, and um, the guilt and remorse of just the children themselves, mm-hmm. I believe, had kept me out there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Because every rehab, I would think I would get it, and then I would come back out, and all that would slap me in the face. Did How it? could I give up my kids? Right. And actually, some family members... Um you know, had said that, mm-hmm. you gave up your children, you know, and, and society looks at it, you know, we've heard a lot about deadbeat dads, we don't yeah. hear much about deadbeat moms, and that's what right. I was, Right. I really was, Right. I accept that now, but at that time, in all those years, it was very heart-wrenching, I even going to meetings and having a, a little kid there, or somebody mentioned child I would just cry and that was for years I did that mm-hmm. that guilt and shame stayed with me a really long time yeah. lessened a lot I have a tiny bit yeah okay. you know sure. but it's, doesn't I don't have to use over it today right right 
So you think that that's the, uh, the the question I had in my mind was what what all did you know what what would what did you lose? You my know? children. Yeah. My license for three years. Mm-hmm. My self respect. My self, I lost me because I had no idea who the hell I was. Mm-hmm. Ever. I don't think I ever knew who I was. I didn't give myself a chance. You know, freshman in high school, started doing drugs. Right. I didn't know what I liked, what I didn't like, hobbies. I had none. You know? I I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel too good, did it? No. But then you don't know. I mean, when you're when you get when you're numbed out, you don't know what it, what it feels well, like. Well, and, so. and I didn't care. And you know, the despair. You know, I I remember thinking. I don't remember which point in those ten, fifteen years, but there came a point where my children would be better off if I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. If it was if I killed myself. Mm-hmm. Because. My third husband would bring the children visit me in all these rehabs. Mm. So the kids, um, the kids would come and visit their mom. You know, mom's sick again. I'd mm. be in the paper for DUI. Um, the dad talking bad about mom. You know. Um, <clears throat> and you got to thinking that 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 was dragging them through it. Sure. Yeah. And then they can't. They shouldn't be watching this. I'm I'm just gonna keep doing it. Right. So I might as well just die because Right. I'm never gonna get it. Yeah, look at me now. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? <laughs> and so and you were talking about earlier on we were talking about that you felt hopeless about yourself and um everybody that everybody that you knew pretty much, or that knew you was hopeless about you, too. Mm-hmm. So, how did you, how, well, then I guess maybe we're jumping ahead, but nine, so, nine years. We're going back and forth, fine. Nine years, three three months ago, you got sober. Right. What, what happened, what, did you get hit over the head with a board or something? What happened? Um, no, I tired of picking my bag. And it was after that property, that camping trip, is when it could have been the ultimatum from my husband at the time. For some reason, after or maybe the, I believe After the him. Mendota detox. Right. And then back home. Right. And then him bringing me back home, I had called somebody in the program and met her at a meeting. And I remember laying there and I was so scared because I'm thinking, okay, tomorrow morning I have to go to a meeting. I have to do something. Mm-hmm. And I was really scared. I remember that feeling. Um, I uh, was hurting physically. Um, like still detoxing, so? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. And I was scared mm-hmm. because, like I said, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who I am. I don't know what's going to happen. But... It just made me realize after three months of sobriety, and I did it again. Yeah. That's where I was at in my mind. And then what am I going to do? And this is going through my mind. What am I going to do now? Pack my bags again, go away again? Because going away is not solving my problem. Yeah. So all that's going through, we yeah. proved that. Yeah, we've done that a few times. So. Right. 
I just called this girl and... Did she say anything to you that you remember? I don't remember. Did anybody say anything to you in that time frame that stuck in your head that was helpful to you? What was what gave you hope? You mean between the fifteen in the fifteen years? No, I mean when you finally when you finally, when I uh, finally got yeah. tired of doing yeah, the same thing. Packing your bags and you and you called her up and you went to a meeting. No, my husband just said everything will be okay, and he just held me and I felt awful, but I knew you know it's funny because meetings were humiliating. I wasn't alcoholic or a drug addict hmm. because that's a really bad label. That was a very bad label. Yeah, um, for a nice girl like you. Yeah, I didn't look like one. In yeah. my eyes, I looked okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really look in the mirror a lot, but... Um, <laughs> what do alcoholics look like, anyway? What's, well, you know, I had a picture. I, one of my rehabs, we, we, we had to draw what we thought an alcoholic looked like. Right. And I drew this really dirty lady with scraggly hair mm-hmm. and mud and dirt all over her face and her teeth missing mm-hmm. <clears throat> and a grocery cart were full of groceries like on the street of Chicago. I didn't look like that. Homeless. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't... Brown paper bag? No bag, just a big old cart. Just the cart. Maybe there's a case of beer in there. I don't know. I didn't miss that part, but I was focusing on okay. her looks. Yeah. That's where I went. I did not look, look like, like that. that. Yeah. So the stereotype, you didn't fit the stereotype, so... I look good on the outside. Well, yeah. I shouldn't say that, but... I thought I looked okay on the outside. Right. Of course, on the inside, I was, you know, dead. Right. So you were still looking on the outside. Yeah. Okay. So, but, so even when you were going to meetings, even at this time, you still didn't feel like you really, you were humiliated because you really didn't belong. You really didn't. I kind of snuck in and out. Yeah. Until I lost my license. Mm-hmm. And that was the best thing that happened to me, which, of course, I couldn't see that then. It was a little resentful mm-hmm. at the Secretary of State. Yeah. Three DUIs and you're taking my license. What's the matter with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see that now. <laughs> it was God's work, by the way. Now I can see that. Yeah. Um, and so I had to ask for rides. Oh. So in order to do that, I had to wait while they talked before and after the meetings, and I had to hang around. Because oh. I had to have a ride. Yeah. So I had to call, pick up that 10-pound phone and ask <laughs> for a ride. And then I'm thinking the whole time, well, oh, God, she's going to be talking all the time. She's not one of these in-and-out people. All right, I have to wait it out. So then I got more, um, and I a lot of people said, you have to go to meetings until you like going to meetings. And you might even even mention that. I will never like meetings. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Meetings. I yeah. don't like meetings. No. So you hadn't gone enough yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now I like them. Now yeah. that's my family. You yeah. know, that's my second family. That's, those yeah. are all my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Go till you want to. That's what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. Go till you want I'm to. Like, I'm like, I'm never going to want to. I ain't there yet. I'm not going to want to. So, but you, when you lost your license, that was what made you, you know, ha- so you had to ask for rights, so you had to listen to all this be stuff. Be accountable. So you had to be accountable. be accountable. I had to pick up the phone. And it's humbling to have to pick up yeah, the phone. Yeah, and so ask now, for a ride. Yeah, maybe you're starting to look a little bit more 
you know, feeling like maybe you really are, are an alcoholic then more like that? Or? The more I sat around the room and listened to store, I went to a lot of speaker meetings yeah. and listening to the speaker and the, and the stories that I could relate to. And here's another mom that lost her kids or I've even yeah. heard some stories where their child has died from uh, alcoholic or even them. Sure. From or in their care. Or yeah. Yes. Sure. And I was thinking, how hor- How about dealing with that? And I was driving around drunk with mine. Yeah. So. Did you get busted for that? Once again, not with the kids in the car. Yeah, because I think there's a, but I had a, the 3D a, a special penalty for that now. Um, do you think, well, what do you think about the term hitting bottom? What does that mean? I had many. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really mean anything to me. Uh, everybody's so-called bottom is different. Yeah. And I don't think it's a matter of if, say, we choose to call it our bottom. It's not like one. It's not like one it's necessarily not, one for dramatic. For me, event. I don't think so. No, I lost my kids. I lost my license. Three marriages. X number of details. Jail. Jail. I forgot 57 yeah. days in county. That was like wonderful. Yeah. That's when I first read the big book. Hmm. So, so, okay. Yeah. So things, events conspired or there were these strange coincidences, which put you in these places where you had to do things like you needed, you needed rides. So you had to listen to people. You had, to, had to, to hang around. To, you, had to, you had to go to jail to read the big book. <laughs> You're kind of a hard head, aren't you? A little bit. <laughs> but it's getting better, I told you. Yeah, well, I better. heard you say I, t- I took a suggestion. It was like, yeah, I took a suggestion. Well, that's what's funny is because every single rehab 28 day that I went to, they had my plan, they had my care plan, and they were all the same. Rehab halfway house yeah rehab and a halfway house and they and weren't then, short they weren't like two weeks you're, and yeah yes you, and then outpatient yeah. so you're talking all these years of care well i don't need that i have to go to work right because i lost another job i've right. had many jobs right you know i have to work so i i would be like okay how long have you had the jobs that you're in now you've been you've been uh, i've been doing home care for about 10 years uh, on that. the side look at that and actually, my first was a man from AA, and he had passed away, but yeah. little did I know, um, through one of my sponsors, uh, he had, gosh, 34 years sobriety. And you did the- And it was cool, because I could just drive around his Mercedes and go to AA meetings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I could talk to him. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really neat. And then my uh, I work at a facility. I've been there three years. So I guess we're so I'm very accountable and uh, dependable. Yeah, I show up. You show up. Mm-hmm. Let me let me ask you this. Um, well, I actually have two questions, and I don't know how quickly we can do this, but because we have just a little bit of time left. But what would you say for you were, was the biggest obstacle? What was the what was the biggest obstacle to you getting sober? What what was the about Tammy that stood in the way of of Tammy getting sober? Not having a higher power. Yeah. Didn't, didn't I was thinking any, about that question. I'm thinking, wow, that's a hard one. Didn't have any beliefs? No. No. No higher think, power. And you think you need a higher power to get sober? Absolutely. Okay. I did not come in with one at all. 
Yeah. And even though we did uh, the did Lord's Prayer. That, did you ever think that that would be possible for you? <clears throat> um, No. I practice that a lot in my program today after nine years. That's where yeah. I'm focusing at. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Working on a, you know, yeah, more on. of a higher power belief and faith. Yeah. Trying to build that more and more. Yeah. Absolutely. That was the biggest obstacle for you. Mm -hmm. So you were doing um, Tammy Power all that time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I was empty inside. Yeah. My soul. Yeah. I really believe that, and I wouldn't have thought that unless I came to AA. Right. I mean, I was raised Catholic, but I didn't hear anything the priest was saying up there. I was, like, always looking around to see who was here. <laughs> I did that all the time. My grandmother would always give me this half a piece of gum. Tell me, sit still, because I, you know, just yeah. here, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I didn't hear anything the priest said, but I remember confession. Nothing. Okay, what what would you say to people if you could if you could you know say say a thing or two to the, to folks who are struggling with with addictions and have had multiple relapses? What would you say to them? You know, I mean, got any, got any, got any wisdom? Have to go to meetings. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, those in and out of 10 years and those little bouts of sobriety, it was a half measure, half measure kind of person, maybe went to meetings, maybe went to meetings, didn't have a sponsor, maybe the sponsor didn't go to meetings. Half there is no half measure. My my feeling on that is uh, meetings, sponsor steps to maintain any amount of time, whether it be three days, mm -hmm. whether it be the next day, and you got to step all the way in. But I would say meetings first. You know, meetings first, mm -hmm. and I had to go to meetings every morning so I could stay sober through the day. Mm -hmm. Then I would go to meetings every night to keep me sober that night. That's how I did it for probably the first two years. Mm -hmm. I had to because I didn't want to drink. And that right. was the only way to do it. Because once again, I'm out there. I'm not locked up. Right. You're on the street. I'm on the street. Just, Watch it's out. Just, it's just Tammy. Oh, <laughs> Everybody run. Be with her. Look out. Here she comes. There she comes. There she goes. <laughs> but, in the, you know, I'd lost all those jobs. So I was, at the time, able to go to those right. Many meetings. That's another interesting coincidence, isn't it? Jobs? Yeah, lose a job, so you have to go to meetings. Well, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Could be God's work. These weird things go on. I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. So, so for you, if you were to give advice to people, do you have hope today? Meetings, a lot. Do you? Yes. A lot of hope that that if you're a chronic relapser like I am, you can get sober. You can stay sober. You know, I know the helplessness because I, I thought I couldn't either because, God, I did it again. I, I keep okay. doing it. I'm never yeah. going to get it. I know that feeling. Yeah. And you can get it. But and here you are, meeting. nine years and three months later, sitting here telling your story on a radio show with hope. Whether, you know, even the fact that you have a roof and have a car and have a job and all that stuff. I mean that's great, and I'm I'm glad for you. But you got hope. Mm -hmm. You got hope. You've got you've got uh, friends. You've got people that care about you and love you. You've got some. If you got hope, you got 
everything. Yeah, be, my kids love me. Can't be bought. You, are, you re- yeah. are you reconnected with your kids? Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot. And they very they respect me and to resilient. They don't have a problem. You know, when I did the amends, they're like, yeah, it's okay, Mom. And I'm thinking, no, you got to be mad. Don't you hate me? Don't you are yeah. mad at me? No, yeah. it's all right. Yeah, you've been dying inside yeah, for the last yeah. 15 years. No, it's okay. And they're okay. It's okay. Are we done now? Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's what they said. <laughs> That's it? That's it? No more? Good. Well, I am, I am uh, very happy that you have hope and that you are here tonight to pass a little bit of that along because that's why I asked you here because you can't that's something you can't buy no you can't you you uh you can't buy that no that's 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 something special so and I'm sorry we didn't get to those other couple callers that called I don't know what happened maybe they gave up maybe we did but call in next week if you have a question um I'm I'm glad uh you know I'm glad that we are uh able to close. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming. It's an honor. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. We picked a perfect song for you. Yeah. Well, what are we playing? <laughs> just enjoy the just enjoy yeah, the song and your, your outro. Yeah. Okay. Well, um anyway, thanks Mike for playing the music and uh, to our listening audience and our studio audience for making us a successful little uh underground support source for the recovering community. We'll email out uh, reminders for next week's show. And please, if you'd like to get a reminder, visit us on our website at www.recoveryinternetradio.com. Give us your email and we'll send you a reminder. Um, we, uh, We like to look at recovery from a wide open perspective and we hope we share with you lots of different ways to look at things. Remember to check our website for archive shows. And uh, uh, remember that we want to hear from you so that we know where you are. Yeah. We'd love to hear. We'll put a pin on the map for you. Then we got Nashville oh, tonight. Yeah. So we know, yeah, we'll get a map. We'll should. put some pins yeah. on it. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. And uh, so as always, live today, love yourself and your neighbor, and together we'll trust a happy road to destiny. We hope you've enjoyed the show tonight. We'll see you nice. at 8 o'clock next Sunday. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.